Unlike the Camarilla, which in many ways is a heavily decentralized sect concerned more with maintaining the status quo than any other ultimate goals, the Sabbat has a clear purpose. To bring an end to the Jihad. How they are to accomplish this is, however, a topic that has spawned a significant amount of debate, and couple that with the somewhat out there mentalities of the members of the Sword of Cain, and you find yourself with several different factions all vying for control over the large undead war machine that is the Sabbat. There are three larger factions within the Sabbat. The Black Hand, the Inquisition, and the Loyalists. The Loyalists harken back to the days of the first Anarch movement and, in many ways, they still represent that ideal. To a Loyalist Sabbat, nothing is more important than the liberty and freedom of their sect's members. And while many other Sabbat dismiss them as naive at best, one cannot deny that it's an ideal that many, especially younger Cainites, can get behind. The Loyalists, one would assume, would get along fairly well with the Anarchs. But that is a common misconception. The Anarchs, while embracing freedom, rarely do so with such a disregard for human lives or societal norms as the Loyalists do. To this Sabbat faction, no other vampire should dictate what they can or cannot do, which could have potentially horrifying consequences. For obvious reasons, the Loyalists dislike both the Purchase Pact and the Code of Milan, seeing them as antithesis to the whole movement. The status quo is composed of mostly La Sombra and Simish, as well as some key members of the Black Hand. They are old, or wise, enough to know that schisms and power struggles only serve to weaken their mission. They believe in La Sombra leadership, a unified warfront, and keeping the ship steady. Unsurprisingly, many leaders of the Sabbat belong to this faction, seeing as they are experienced enough to know that the Sabbat desperately does not need another civil war. The status quo does not want to impose further rule upon the Pax, or break up the system right now. They think it's fine as it is, for the moment, and that the recent successes the Sabbat has had in their war efforts show this. The status quo are in favor of both Pact and Code, seeing them as crucial cornerstones that helped focus the Sword of Cain towards their overarching goal. The Moderates, meanwhile, are somewhere in between the Loyalists and the status quo, acting almost like a centrist group of Cainites who think things are fine, but could be slightly better. But if you ask them how, each of them have their own answers. The Moderates dislike the restrictions that the Code puts on the Sabbat, as they feel it stifles the movement and makes it harder for positive improvement. Their loyalty to the sect does not translate into blind obedience, and moderates will often argue a point if they believe their leadership is in the wrong. But that of course depends on if they think they can get away with it. Designating a Sabbat as a moderate is tricky, because it's such a broad net to throw and few would actively identify themselves as such, but it's also an easy faction to hide within, so to speak. The ultra-conservatives are on the very opposite end of the spectrum from the loyalists. More than any other faction, these Cainites, who are usually some of the older La Sombra and Simish, believe that unity is strength and that the Sabbat has only one single purpose, the destruction of the antediluvians and their slaves. Although many outside the Sabbat believe that the movement has this as their ultimate goal, as we've seen, the truth is far from that simple. This faction believes that there can never be any freedom as long as the antediluvians and the Jihad is held above their heads. They believe that weak or distracted leaders within the Sabbat need be cleansed from their sect and that the Panders serve a crucial role in the upcoming war, even if that role is to be cannon fodder. 
Very few younger Sabbat would identify as ultra-conservatives unless they had been specifically raised to embrace these ideas and concepts. Still, some budding Nodists, those who study the Book of Nod, the closest thing that the vampire community has to mainstream religious scripture, agree that the time for splitting hairs and arguing is long past, as the myriad signs of Gehenna are presently around them. The old clan Simish, we've mentioned before, are formerly members of the Sabbat, but have little interest in interacting with the sect at large. They don't swear allegiance to any of the antediluvians, how could they, the antediluvian is dead, but neither do they take an active part in the sect. This lip service have many younger Sabbat Simish grumbling, but there is little they can do about it. The Children of the Draken are a faction of Tzimish who refrain from or simply cannot learn Koldunic sorcery. They often act in opposition against the other Tzimish, although they usually never come to blows, but merely differ in opinion in terms of strategic and political choices. Their origins are clouded in mystery today, but I spoke more in-depth about them in my video on the Tzimish. The Pandar movement is only vaguely organized now that they have received official clan status in the Sabbat, yet they do stand as a testament to what can be accomplished should the Caitiff unite under one banner. The Pandars fought the moderates of the Sabbat who were in staunch opposition to the hardline stance of the ultra-conservatives. It is perhaps no surprise, knowing this, that Joseph Pander, the namesake of the clan, had several meetings with key canines in the ultra-conservative groups before the movement began in earnest. The Order of St. Blaise is a most interesting faction, and one that has surprising amount of power behind it. Originally founded as a means to infiltrate the Catholic Church, and taking their name from a saint who was reputedly quite adept at healing throat maladies. Throats, of course, being the classic source of blood for vampires. The Order now has members in many levels of the Church. Although they once used monasteries to hide within, today they can be found organizing soup kitchens, rendering certain buildings exempt from taxes, and even establishing small cloisters around the world. In the modern night, it is uncertain how well these canines will fare, as the Second Inquisition is constantly gaining traction, and the church now turning inwards with eyes far more scrutinizing than before. Most vampires, be they Camarilla, Sabbat, or Unaligned, shun demonic worship. Their reason for abstaining from infernalism may vary widely, but the most commonly held belief is that the vampire's soul is said to still exist, damned or not, and that accepting demons as their masters, they will cross that final threshold and forever lock themselves out from God's forgiveness. The Sabbat has a long history of struggling against infernalism within their folds. Due to the very nature of its nomadic packs, not to mention the pursuit of power and means to fight the ancients, it is far from uncommon for canines of the sword to come upon forbidden knowledge that allows them to walk the path of evil revelations, and study the forbidden school of dark thaumaturgy. Dark thaumaturgy is learned by bargaining with infernal creatures, and is a slippery slope where the benefits are quickly outweighed by the drawbacks. The path of evil revelations argue that vampires are just one of the many evils in the world, and that they should take their place in the hierarchy and serve the greater evils in this case the infernal creatures of hell. Although technically developed at the same time as many of the other paths of the Sabbat in the Black Monastery in 1666, few if any Sabbat would ever openly announce that they followed this corrupt morality, because to do so would be to invite the Sabbat Inquisition to look into where exactly their loyalties lie. As I mentioned earlier, both the Inquisition and the Black Hand play pivotal roles in the Sabbat's internal politicking. 
The Inquisition, despite being composed of only up to 30 members, have the means to condemn most any member of the Sabbat, despite their rank, for infernalism, which makes them a truly feared power. The Black Hand, meanwhile, is a form of sect within a sect, a sort of militaristic special forces that serve the leaders of the Sabbat and are organized into small, independent cells. Recently, the Black Hand has come under heavy scrutiny as their own political leanings are being questioned. I will discuss both these factions in separate episodes as their internal structure and workings are a little bit too complex to be summed up here. There are, of course, many more factions within the Sabbat who vie for power and influence amongst its members. Every Cainite with ambition is sure to think that they have the right ideas about what this sort of Cain should be doing, and it is hard to tell whether this internal friction ultimately strengthens or weakens the Sabbat. Undeniably, however, this does serve as a potent breeding ground for hardy, ruthless, and most of all strong-willed sect members with clear conviction and purpose. Were you to compare a neonate of the Camarilla with one of the Sabbat, the difference would be clear. Unlife is hard, brutal, and short in the Sabbat, and they would want it no other way. The Primogen Council gives its eternal gratitude to Maximilian S. Hardcastle, whose wisdom and experience helped guide our Council's decisions in the long nights, and sends his best wishes to the elders Dante the Canine, What's That Smell It's Blood, and Remy Van Roy for their loyalty and service to its cause. It would also wish to thank the Ancillae Edward Reed, Colin Gifford, and Harry Wyckoff, as well as his loyal neonates for their continued support. And thank you for watching. Now be careful out there, for Gehenna may soon be upon us.